Hello and welcome to the latest Lancet podcast for the Lancet Diabetes and Endocrinology. I'm Richard Lane and today, Tuesday May the 20th, TRD publishes a fascinating article looking at the relationship between body mass index over time and cardiovascular risk. Let's hear from the guest author of the podcast introducing himself. My name is Professor John Deanfield. I'm Professor of Cardiology at University College London and I'm supported by the British Heart Foundation. Professor Deanfield, many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet Diabetes and Endocrinology. You're one of the authors of a fascinating paper, and this is looking at really the relationship, isn't it, between body mass index and cardiovascular risk, really, using something called the 1946 cohort. So it's an epidemiological study. Can you tell us what the aims of your study were? And let's jump straight to it and what the outcomes were. Well, it's worth just saying what the 1946 British birth cohort is. This was a national survey launched just after World War II, which is, I think, now the longest-running epidemiological study in the world. And it has tracked individuals from 1946 through to the present day and making a series of measurements throughout their life in terms of cardiovascular risk factors and other measures to determine trajectories for aging, really. So in this study, we were very interested in the concept that exposure to cardiovascular risk factors over life would have an influence on cardiovascular disease development, which we could pick up when we studied the individuals in their 60s. And that's what we set out to do. So the main findings really were was that there was a relationship between lifetime adiposity measures and duration of exposure to being overweight and obese on cardiovascular measurements at 60. And the longer you were overweight or obese, the more impact it had on measures of cardiovascular structure in the carotid artery, particularly carotid intermedia thickness, which is a surrogate measure for accumulated arterial disease. But what was really interesting was when we analyzed the impact of weight loss or having a lower weight at any time point in the person's life, we found that weight loss throughout their life at different points had a beneficial effect on the cumulative burden of cardiovascular disease. And it didn't really seem to matter when that weight loss occurred or whether or not it was sustained. So this suggests that there's an opportunity to benefit from the point of cardiovascular disease by modifying your lifestyle to lose weight and control your levels of obesity, irrespective of when you do it. It's never too late. It's really interesting finding that. What is the take-home message from that? It's a slightly difficult one, isn't it? Because on one hand, it's good news in the sense that particularly if people who struggle with weight are able to lose weight for at least part of their lives, even if it's a small part of life, they have a potential health benefit. But I suppose it also sends out the message that it's good to lose weight for a bit, even if you then put it on again, which might be less motivational for you to sustain your weight loss. Well, I think on balance, it's good news because you're quite right that there is two potential interpretations of the findings. But essentially, we all struggle to lose weight and more importantly, we struggle to sustain that weight loss. So despite the fact that we are unsuccessful very often in terms of control of our weight, we still that there's a benefit in terms of the cumulative burden of cardiovascular disease. So I take the positive spin on this and saying that it's always worth trying to modify your cardiovascular risk factors. We believe strongly that the earlier you do it and the longer you sustain it for, the better it is, but that it's never too late to improve your lifestyle and improve your cardiovascular risk profile. Indeed, that's a clear message and a good message to get across. What about this birth cohort in particular? It's interesting. I mean, this birth cohort has been used many, many times, hasn't it, in, in epidemiological research. So why this research question to this group? The cohort is 
unique, really, in the sense of its longevity. And it's an interesting cohort because if you can think back to the 1940s, you know, the population's risk factor profile, their weight, their behavior, their exercise activities were totally different to they are now. So this is an interesting cohort that has evolved over the last 60 years into the sort of current behavior patterns. So I think it's always an interest, you know, looking at a, a very longitudinal cohort like this. The reason that cardiovascular disease has now become very important is that this is still the biggest killer in society. And also the patients have reached an age when cardiovascular events are going to begin to happen in increasing numbers. So understanding the antecedents of those events and understanding what it is that has been driving the evolution of their arterial disease is a really important question. And just briefly, it may be difficult to address sometimes, though I'm sure you don't mind doing it with your own research. What are the strengths and limitations of a longitudinal sort of epidemiological study such as this? Well, all the re- issues about dropouts from studies like this, you start off with a population, some are lost to follow up, some patients don't agree to come back. So you've always got this potential for selection bias. That's always a problem with a very a longitudinal epidemiological study. The other thing is that the information about the weight loss was less complete than we would like to have if we were running a study prospectively today. For example, we'd love to know more granularity about the length of time people lost weight and how quickly they put back on weight if they did. And we'd also like to know how much weight they lost and how much weight they sustained as a weight loss over time. And those details about the degree and the duration of weight loss are rather crude in the study. And so more detail would have been nice. But even with the relatively little detail, the fact is we showed a very significant effect on cardiovascular outcomes. So I think that's a strength. Asking the question, how much weight do I have to lose to get this benefit and how long I'd have to sustain it for, we'd need some more data. Yeah. And also, I guess, not a weakness of study, but an inevitability of a longitudinal epidemiological sort of study and that is that we can't address mechanisms. We can only speculate here. Correct. So these are hypothesis-generating studies and mechanisms and would require probably a randomized clinical trial or a much more detailed deep phenotyping. But those sort of studies are ongoing in terms of understanding the impact of adiposity on cardiovascular disease and these various different phenotypes. So I think this adds longitudinal data to the ongoing types of research that we and others are undertaking. Final thought, no disrespect to anyone in the 1946 cohort, but, uh, you know, they're beginning to get on a bit. Yeah, aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> As we're all getting on, the inevitability of old age. What's going to happen when the 1946 cohort are too old or eventually will have died? Are we having more up-to-date longitudinal studies to track this? Oh, absolutely. There are big studies. There was the Millennium Cohort that has been started, and there is a post-Olympic cohort that has been started. So there are a whole series of cohorts that have been commissioned really since then, which add really valuable longitudinal population data. So I think this is the longest now, I think, running, but the other ones will, you know, have new information and be equally valuable, reflecting different societal changes, really. So I think this is a population that is actually becoming very interesting in terms of the development of the sort of diseases we hope to avoid but inevitably occur in older age and understanding those diseases. And it's becoming a very valuable cohort because of the age of the patients and the age of individuals and the duration of follow-up. Indeed. And just a final thought, I think it's just re-emphasizing then, if you could just take one main point from this research paper, it would be that? It would be that exposure to risk factors like 